Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 27th of July, 2020 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. So we're in a new phase of COVID warning now, and well, we just don't want to talk about it. There's both too much to say and nothing at all. Fortunately, you didn't come here to listen to me talk, so let me introduce you to Will, who's here to tell us a tale of taking ownership over his life and his body. After Will, we'll have a poem titled Force Fed, which was written and performed by Nashua Gallagher in a show featuring Peel Street poetry and spill stories called Spring Cleaning at the 2019 Spoken Word Festival. Before we get to today's stories, though, a huge thanks go out to our loyal Hong Kong listeners. Things just keep getting weirder, but Hong Kongers have never backed down from their problems. Thanks for listening. Go out to our overseas listeners as well. This week, particularly to listeners in Bradford in the UK, Mount Pearl in Canada, and Pak Kret in Thailand, and Portland, Oregon in the USA. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. You won't be shocked to hear our July show was cancelled, but we had the stories ready and believe me, they are well worth the wait. We'll keep you informed on what's happening on the website hongkongstories.com. It's better than comedy. It's better than drama. It's real life. And now with the story from our January 2020 show that had the theme, Ready, Steady, Go, here is Will. The first tattoo I remember seeing was a delicate black rose on the aggressively tanned forearm of a classmate's mom. It was fading a little bit. It had gone sort of black and gray and a little blue, and I loved it. I was four at the time, and I think that was when I started drawing on my own body. Now, my parents never explicitly said that having a tattoo made you a bad person, but they did suggest that tattoos were dirty or undignified, but all the same, I knew someday I would get tattooed. When I was 19, I finally gathered together the nerve and the money to go forth into the arena of body art. I had found the perfect image. It was an ink drawing of a bullfight, a Picasso. A single figure faces off against a leaping bull, a terrifying moment frozen in time forever, just before a fatal collision. I decided to get it high up on my shoulder so that I could keep it hidden even when wearing t-shirts. Because while I love tattoos, I knew enough to know that not everyone felt the same way. So off I went to the tattoo parlor. One hour later, I emerged with a bandage on my arm, and four hours later, I started washing off the wound. Because that's what I didn't understand at first about tattoos, is that they are essentially just open wounds. They, they scab, they flake, they take two weeks to heal. And as I was washing, I noticed that I had these two I don't know, large flakes, which is a little, a little alarming. And I tried to wash them off, but it hurt because they weren't flakes. I had two extra dots tattooed onto my arm. Now, you know, two dots around an abstract image, it's not a problem. If those two dots are right beneath the ass of a leaping bull, <laughs> that's another matter entirely. So I marched back to the tattoo parlor full of teenage impotent wrath. And Stan, my 
artist, emerged from his lair to discuss my concerns. He came up with three possible solutions. One, I could get it removed. It would cost hundreds of dollars and uh, take a few months, and then I still might have discolored skin. I would have the shadow of shit, if you will. <laughs> the same problem. Stan said, well, I could connect the dots. Like a, like a peg leg? Uh, I could like connect the dots and extend it into like a gnarly tribal band. Also no, I decided to just let it be until I could think of something better. It was mortifying. I never knew who would notice. When I was at the gym, sometimes people would come up and they'd say, oh, Picasso, and we'd talk and it would be great until inevitably someone would say, oh my God, is that bullshitting? I'm like, no, no, no. I mean, yeah. It's exactly what it is. It's a shitting bull. It's a bullshit tattoo. <sighs> Things got more complicated when I went home because my younger sister decided that this was the right time to petition for her nose piercing. She raised the question over dinner in a less than casual manner with, Mom, Dad, what would you do if one of us got a tattoo? Looking right at me. My dad, ever one for the grand dramatic gesture, put his cutlery down. And then he looked at each of us in turn and he said, if any of you get a tattoo, I will no longer pay for college. So I was not shirtless around my family for the next three years. And it was fine, it was okay, it was all going just smoothly, until my parents started talking about a family beach vacation. <laughs> what can I do? Okay, all right, possible solutions here. Uh, I could wear a surf shirt the whole time, but that might be suspicious. I could, I could put a bandage over it, but maybe that wouldn't be convincing. And as I was planning on taking a dive off of my skateboard, such that I would land on my shoulder and then need a bandage, I thought maybe I should tell my parents the truth. I spent the next week drafting an email that I put more effort into than both of my assigned essays combined. And I sent it off and I waited. Nothing. Three days. Finally, I couldn't take the suspense any longer. I called home. Mom? Yeah? Did you get my email? What? Oh, yeah. I just thought you were coming out as gay. <laughs> In her defense, the leap wasn't that big. Dear mom and dad, I have something important to tell you. I hope that you'll still love me. So fair enough. It's like, uh, well, what did dad say? Oh, he, he went down to the basement for a while. He's not happy. I think my parents thought that that first tattoo was going to be the only one. That it was just a brief foray into this, this world that was kind of unseemly and just not a part of our family and who we were. But it was okay, because I would come back. I would return to being the golden boy that they could proudly show off at their little dinner parties, you know, with our white, upper, middle class and dignified family. But it was just the beginning for me. I love tattoos. 
It gave me a feeling of ownership over my life and my body in a way I'd never felt before. Tattoos made me visible in a way that scared me, but also thrilled me. They make, them, they make it harder to hide, especially from myself. Three years ago, I stopped talking to my father. The break wasn't over tattoos, but over deeper differences about values and convictions that I don't think either of us really understood until it was too late. In processing the break, I started building a sleeve. The first piece covered that first bullfight. Rob Kelly, my tattoo artist here, did a wonderful job. It's blended seamlessly and you can't see it anymore. And that's when I realized that tattoos aren't permanent. Nothing is. As I age, my tattoos age. And I change my tattoos as I change. With each new addition, I feel more fully myself. My tattoos mean everything to me. And they mean nothing at all. Thank you. We were so pleased to have Will join us for our show and loved the story that he told, even though some of it was bullshit. This is the part where we usually tell you to come to a workshop, but we're not hosting any of those at the moment. Still, check the website for updates, and we are still planning to go ahead with our second annual Student Story Slam in October. So if you are, or you know, a secondary school student in Hong Kong, look for the information on the website of how to sign up, hongkongstories.com. It's free to join, and we want to hear your stories. Now, from way back, sometimes it feels like centuries ago, in May 2019, as part of the Spoken Word Festival, here is the poem, Force Fed, written and performed by Nashua Gallagher. Once on the lips, forever on the hips. And other pieces of advice served in second and third helpings, highly calorific, worn like dead weight, passed like an inheritance, pitter pattern, saccharine affirmation, nags like a cavity, poisons innocuously, Arms wrapped to protect modesty where flesh would spill when the zip falls away. So we measure the problem in handspans, constrict ourselves to the size of our ribs because, after all, we were made from a cage to which we will return again. This is another way we stay small, take up little room, maybe even whilst we're at it, make no noise at all. Thanks for listening to today's stories, brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell.